Hello, humans. It's me, Fruity, here for another episode of Fruity's Ultimate Game Show, or as I like to call it, Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time. With me at this time is none other than Chris Thunderhog. Chris, how in the flaming heck are you, mate? Yeah, it's done, Crows. I'm doing pretty good. I <laughs> <laughs> haven't heard that one in a while. So, let's be transparent with our audience here. Usually, between taping episodes of this show, we give each other about two weeks. But this time around, between tapings of the game show, it's been about a week. This will still drop out at a two-week interval or whatever. So we've only given ourselves a week between shows for this one. Does that speak to how overly enthusiastic we both are about this? Yes, indeed. I think this is really fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, about three hours after we recorded the last episode, I had this whole thing already written out and <laughs> like you know me like i make the most of my minutes on this episode um there's a lot i wrote out too so my tv shows are still like pretty lengthy but i don't think it's as lengthy as last episodes but this episode i go into great detail with some of the promos and segments on my pay-per-views to be quite frank with you because one of the promos on my pay-per-view i pretty much felt the need i had to script out word for word and how are you feeling about everything now? You've had a bit of time to sort of digest well, what has been thus far the biggest of all the twisties so far in our fantasy season. Yeah, you uh, might as well let the listeners know what happened. A certain somebody from San Antonio, Texas, decided that he'd lost his smile and has decided to jump ship to WCW. Smart decision. Shawn Michaels has left the World Wrestling Federation and is now a part of WCW. Will we see him today? Who knows? I'll keep you guessing, ladies and gentle humans. But most importantly, how are you feeling about it all at the moment? <laughs> like, my God, what a twist. I think it's the second time I've had the next show completely ran out for like three weeks in advance. And something happens where I have to go change the next three weeks. Yeah, man. The twists keep coming, too. I sent you a full list of twists that I've recently added. There's something like 32 gimmick matches that have been thrown in the twist tub. And pretty much you pull out a gimmick match and you have to put on that particular gimmick match for your next pay-per-view. Uh, there's a heap of other twists. I think I've added, like at least 50 overall twists, probably 60. Jeez. Are they taking effect today? They are all in the tub today for after our reads. Our uh, women's supplementary picks are now on our rosters. Exactly. Oh, my God. I was talking to you before the show and said I've pretty much got everyone's debuts covered, but you just reminded me I've got a whole heap of women that I need to work in. But... 
We might see a couple today, who knows? I pretty much doubled our free agent pool. Well, not pretty much. I exactly doubled our free agent pool from 27 to 54. Is that because we've drawn so many out of there already when we weren't expecting to keep getting free agents? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> said to you before the show, I think I counted I have 50 roster members individually. A lot of moving parts. Yeah, indeed. Jeez, I dread to think what mine's at now. I would say you have at least one less than me. Cheap shot. But yeah, this has been the highlight of my podcasting endeavours. This has somewhat been the brainchild of mine. So I've been really stoked for you. Well, to trust in me to sort of come up with all these twists and turns and come up with everything for this yeah this has been so much fun and i think it's probably going to get even wackier today oh boy yeah i've seen one of the the twists and i think we'll leave it as a surprise for the listeners until it comes out but there is certainly one or two i do not want i'm gonna put you on the spot right now and i'm No, this isn't anything too major. I'm just going to say, do you think maybe for the sake of excitement for our listeners, when you and I draw a free agent, we're on video chat on Skype, right? How about we just show each other the free agent and leave it as a mystery for our listeners for whenever they turn up? Yeah, that sounds good. We can just say, oh, you've got a tag team or or you've got a... A women's wrestler there or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, might might drop a couple of hints, or I might be like, "Oh crap, this person's immediately fired," and I'm going to go <laughs> into the free agent pool again. You've got to keep them for a month, don't you? If you draw them like that before you can redraw. That's right, you do. Yeah. And then we were saying off air, you might as well bring that up now about the injury people. So I was speaking to someone, and they said. Oh, if you draw like a nine-month injury for a wrestler or a six-month or even a three-month, why wouldn't you just release them and then grab a free agent? And I was like, wow, that's really simple. It's a really easy workaround everything. I should probably make it a bit tougher than that. So let's just say you've had someone on your roster draw out a six-month injury, had them injured on your roster for a month, they've still got five months to go. And you're like, ah, bugger it. Didn't need this person to begin with. They're fired. Well, the other side of that is now, if you release someone and they've got five months left of an injury, you're not allowed to get your free agent draw until those five months are up. So you're going to have a backlog of free agent draws in five months? (laughs) Well, maybe. Or adds a bit more of a moral dilemma to everything. Do I wait the five months to get a free agent or do I just wait for the five months to have this person come back from injury? Yeah, it sort of adds a bit of a dilemma there. Without that, it's just pretty much like, why wouldn't you release it? Unless <laughs> they're so like your champion or something, can you wind them back? Yeah. Um, I suppose then the other question coming out of that is, do injuries stack up? Uh, who did you draw out last month? Uh, Mr. Perfect, and he's on a one-month injury. If you draw out another one-month injury for him today, would that stack up to two months, or is he cleared? Well, pretty much as soon as the pay-per-view is read out, 
he has passed his injury. So it would just it would be a completely different injury, right? Okay. Let's say he had two months and he still has a month to go and you draw out a one month injury. It just yeah, I would say you would just stack it onto his injury, right? Okay. Just so we've got that <laughs> set out in case and then watch it come back and bite me in the bum. You keep trying to provoke the wrath of the fantasy gods, as you said, via messenger one day. Yeah, and I sort of was trying to provoke you to get a bad draw. I got a jump ship. (laughs) So with that being said, should we go over to WCW and do a brief recap of WCW and jump into your nitros? So I was thinking, do you want to take turns at doing the TVs? So I do a TV, you do a TV, I do a pay-per-view, you do a pay-per-view. Yeah, we can do that back and forth if you like. Yeah, because I just, I don't know, maybe I get too excited. I don't know, I sort of lose my breath after a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give it a try this week and see how it goes. Mix it up a bit. So our most recent pay-per-view at WCW was Slamboree, The Ladder of Success. We set up a match for the next pay-per-view uncensored for the number one contenders for the tag titles. It'll be a triple threat between the Blade Runners, the Von Ericks, and the Dudleys. We had a fatal four-way for the US title. Mankind retained his title, but then J.J. Dillon with various means of tomfoolery got Barry Windham a last-minute title shot, and Barry Windham is your new US champ. Uh, You were audibly upset about that angle yeah i probably could have done that a little bit better <laughs> thought mick would have held on to the gold there a bit longer there's a reason a guy like mick foley I, I don't know about you but i feel like him without a title is much more intriguing like him chasing or whatever we had rikishi versus mr perfect he had the wild samoans in his corner to counteract the heenan family of rick rude and bobby heenan but it's a swerve, bro. The Wild Samoans have joined the Heenan family. We had Steve Austin pretty much handcuff Barry Windham to a barricade outside and beat up J.J. Dillon and break his leg within five minutes and forced Barry Windham to add Austin to a U.S. title match for this month's pay-per-view. Had Edge become the number one contender for the U.S. title... We had Hogan and the Rock and Roll Express beat Flair, Arn and Tully. They get to choose some stipulations for this month's pay-per-view for their title matches. The Rock and Roll Express chose a best two out of three falls and Hulk Hogan chose the Yappa Pie strap match against Ric Flair. We finished the pay-per-view with Lita becoming the brand new WCW Women's Champ. And Edge tried to get involved towards the end. Austin came out, gives Edge a stunner, and we sort of finish the show with a Steve Austin, Gal Kim beer bath of sorts. Yes, you could almost say that was money. Beer money. Yes, you could. I'm half disappointed in not realising that at the time. Like, what? what's wrong with me? You tried to block <laughs> TNA out of your mind? The more we do these podcasts, the more I start to question if I actually hated TNA or not. Because, like, it's all we talk about, right? A we bring junk, it up yeah. so much. Ah, uh, well. Wait till yeah. I start bringing up Ring of Honor. Who brings up Ring of Honor? Nobody. 
without further ado, as I like to say, it is time I should probably get into my nitros before this becomes a four-hour episode of Thugs. Week one of Nitro heading towards WCW Uncensored, a night of violence from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So Nitro, week one. Now, na 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 now. Nitro kicks off with Gorilla and Jesse in the ring, welcoming us and giving a rundown of the pay-per-view from last night. But the outsiders interrupt. They steal the mic and they say that they are sick of the WCW higher-up screwing them over. Other people profit from their hard work, like Barry did last night. Hall says, a war is coming. And they are going to make life a living hell for the WCW committee. They are going to fire the first shot of this war. Nash holds Ventura whilst Hall attacks Gorilla. Hall then goes to attack Ventura, but he runs away. And Nash hits a powerbomb on Monsoon. The outsiders then say, the NWO is coming. And it will be just too sweet as security rushes in and chases off the outsiders. That is the first segment from Nitro for this month. Making a statement. (laughs) Jim Ross then replaces Gorilla on commentary as Ventura returns. And that's pretty much the commentary team for this month. Uh, We get... Sting versus Kevin Von Erich. It goes to a no contest after the Dudleys interfere. Kerry Von Erich chases off the Dudleys and Sting is looking around wondering where the warrior is. Cut to backstage and warrior is seen speaking to someone, but you can't see the other person as a wall is in the way. Behind warrior, you see a beaten down Sting on the TV, but the TV is on mute. Lita comes out to celebrate her title victory, but is interrupted by Gail Kim, who challenges Lita to a title match at Uncensored. Lita accepts under one condition. Last woman standing. Gail accepts. Uh, Sort of alluded to last month that my women are going to be doing a lot of gimmick matches. They are going to be the stunt show of my fantasy fed. Ah, well, at least you know you've got quality in your women's division. Oh, yeah. And there might come a time, which I think is pretty soon, where we might not even need the gimmicks. (laughs) Maybe not. Bobby Heaton is backstage with Mean Gene and the Samoans and Rick Rude. Heaton explains that family ties are strong, but nothing is stronger than a whole lot of money. He says that after Nitro last week when the Samoans showed up, he rang the Samoans up and offered them a truckload of money to do what they did last night. And the Samoans are holding money in their hand and just laughing in the background. Gene asks, where is Mr. Perfect? Uh, Rikishi walks past, interrupts and simply says, one down, three to go. Rikishi has blood over his fists. Hayden runs into another room to discover that Mr. Perfect has been thrown through a window. Oh, no. Yeah, there's your write-off for the month, ladies and gentle humans. Mankind comes out for a match with a local, and he seems even more deranged than before. He beats the local quickly and grabs a mic and starts, you know, doing that squealy thing he used to do, like, you know that thing? The pig squeal. 
and he's like squealing. He's almost crying. I lost my baby. I lost my baby. All will suffer. Eddie Guerrero comes out to console his friend Mankind, but Mankind attacks Eddie and gets out a barbed wire baseball bat and hits Eddie with it. So is this a heel turn or is Mankind just cuckoo? Uh, we see at the WCW headquarters from earlier this morning, J.J. Dillon in a wheelchair, broken leg and all, going into a meeting with the WCW board of directors. And that's that. And the main event for week one, Horseman versus Austin, Hogan, and r and I actually set this up at the last pay-per-view. Lengthy match. Hogan ends up brawling with Flair into the crowd. The Rock and Roll Express brawl with Arn and Tully up the entrance. Wyndham and Austin left in the ring. Stunner on Wyndham, but Edge comes out and spears the referee and the match is called a no contest. Edge runs away smiling as the show is going off there. Shenanigans are building up that triple threat match for the US title for this month. Really good week one. Yeah, uh, a lot happening, but you got to follow up a pay-per-view with a bit of drama right yeah absolutely yeah so really good first week there but i think wwf has you beaten more like raw is snore (laughs) (laughs) yes so we go into raw is war week one march 30th target center minneapolis minnesota usa starts off with a video package highlighting the key matches on WrestleMania. So Road Warriors defeating Degeneration X, Shawn Michaels and Triple H to become number one contenders to the WWF World Tag Team Championship. Jacqueline defeating China for the WWF Women's Number One Contendership. Mark Henry defeating Andre the Giant to become the number one contender to the World Heavyweight Championship. Immortal defeating Degeneration X Jesse James and Billy Gunn in the final of the Gold Rush Tournament for the WWF World Tag Team Championship. Wendy Richter defeating Alundra Blaze to retain the Women's Championship. And Booker T defeating Terry Funk to retain the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, yeah. A massive WrestleMania, to be sure. I really enjoyed your show last month. Like, I could picture it in my head as just, like, this pure, like, wrestling spectacle that I definitely would have appreciated. Oh, thank you. So then we go on to the show itself. It starts with commentary talking up the big story from WWF.com following WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels kicked out of Degeneration X, and as they're talking, they cut to security footage without volume showing the DX locker room as Jesse and Billy walk in following their tag match. Sean smiles and hugs them. Then we see Triple H stand up and point his thumb down behind Sean's back. And Triple H, Jesse James, Billy Gunn, X-Pac and China all begin to attack Sean, knocking him out cold. Then drag his body through the hallways of the US Bank Stadium and toss him outside into the snowy car park at night. Go easy on him, brother. Some of us need to use him later. I love that angle, actually. Yeah, that's great. Don't worry, I'm not finished yet. Oh, no! This is just pretty much like that episode of The Simpsons where where they have to kill off, uh, what is it, Poochie? Oh, don't worry, my home planet needs me. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, So, D-Generation X is in the ring, minus Shawn Michaels. Triple H is talking, saying, 
For an army, you need a ruthless leader. Sean was happy to colour inside the line. Stay in his lane. Well, I'm not happy. And you know why, Sean? Because every big match we lost, you'd be in the locker room with that stupid smile on your face. We should be an unstoppable force in this company. Look at the talent in this ring. X-Pac, known as the lightning kid for your fast-paced, high-flying ability. How many singles match did Sean sign you up for? And X-Pac answers, zero. Triple H shakes his head and then goes, next we had the road dog Billy James and the badass Billy Gunn together, the new age outlaws. What did Sean do when you lost to your former guitar instructor? And Jesse answers, he smiled and hugged us. And Triple H goes, oh boy. Next we have China, the ninth wonder of the world. A woman who at the start of the year was challenging for all three championships. So tell me, what did Sean say when you were being at WrestleMania? And China answers, nice job, kid. Triple H goes, wow. You see, Sean, this happy-go-lucky crap doesn't cut it in D-Generation X. And that's why the game did what he had to do in order for us to win. Besides, I couldn't embarrass this man. As he points to the entranceway and D-Generation music starts to play. With the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson making his way to the ring wearing a D-Generation XT. Triple H informs everyone to be on the lookout for this man as he'll be in the corner of every D-Generation match going forward. And we end the first segment. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa, Hoggy's bringing it this month, man. This is a... That was amazing. Also, like, ladies and gentle humans, like, think about this for a second. Segment one of my show, then WO invading. Segment one of your show, Hoggy, you got DX running wild. You got DX versus NWO in our Monday Night Wars, for, so to speak. Like, I didn't even I'll... know you were going to do that this week on week one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I honestly marked out for Mike Tyson then. <laughs> I've, I definitely took a few notes about some of the things Triple H was saying about Sean. Perhaps some <laughs> shots might be fired in the long run at some point, but, man, that is perfect. And, yeah. hey, this is a Raw after Mania as well, and if everyone sort of spins back the clock a little bit, there was 1998, the Raw after Mania. Shawn Michaels is no longer the leader of D-Generation X. Triple H has taken the role as the leader, and you've done the exact same thing for the Raw after Mania, but I might even say a little bit better. Yeah, and you notice here's the first time that I'm using everyone's sort of nicknames and using the Outlaw's name for the first time because I hadn't used that before on TV. I think the only time I've mentioned China being the ninth wonder of the world was when... She entered ninth in the Rumble, and you asked, was China ninth? Yeah, yeah. Man, things are really starting to heat up, and that's one segment, man. Uh, I was genuinely blown away by that. That was great. Yeah, thank you. So then we go on to the rest of week one. Notable things to occur was Terry Funk comes out and addresses the crowd with his brother, saying he'd like to go after Tag Team Golf. They're interrupted by the Briscoes, who challenge them for a number one contendership match at Backlash. All four men shake hands before the Briscoes leave. And the main event of the night is X-Puck with Iron Mike Tyson in his corner, defeating Ricky the Dragon Steamboat by pinfall 
after Tyson pushed Ricky off the top rope behind the referee's back. Very good. Yeah, um, I love that. So that's the end of uh, week one there. So you don't have as many notes as I do uh, for each week, by the sounds of things. Man, that opening segment pretty much carries an entire show for you, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I, I figured. I'll put all my me, me eggs in one basket with one week of TV and focus it all on that. Man, that was, yeah. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, it's definitely the sort of angle you would probably see me writing more so than you, but by the look of our past shows. So it sort of caught me off guard for you to do such a cool angle, like just a, such a story-heavy angle like that. Yeah, well, I'll have to answer back considering what happened at the end of WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, exactly. From kicking off Rora's War one week with a heel faction in the ring, we go to WCW Nitro week two. We kick things off with all of the four horsemen already in the ring. Swear to God, we didn't know we were going to do these sort of things. JJ Dillon has the mic, explains what happened at his meeting with the board of directors. He was told that it's obvious that his connection with the horseman has gotten in the way of his job on the board of directors. So the board told him he had to choose one or the other, his position on the board or his allegiance with the horseman. And he chose his allegiance with the horseman. We then see Flair whisper to Arn and Tully. Tully then ushers Wyndham up the ramp. And Flair and Anderson beat up JJ. Fine Buster, DDT. And finally Flair puts the figure four on Dylan as Arn holds a mic toward Flair and says, JJ, you idiot. You see, without you on the board, there is no JJ in the horseman. You're fired. Hulk Hogan comes out and chases off Flair and Anderson as JJ is stretched away. So, um... Oh, I didn't expect them to attack him if he was staying with them, but that makes sense. He's got no power to control their matches. Yeah, they sort of allude to the fact that the only reason he was in the Horseman was because of his control on the board of directors. So without that, what is his use? I sort of stole a little thing from, of all places the Dark Order for that angle, with Tully ushering Barry Windham up the ramp before Arn and Flair attack JJ. Oh, like, how they'd get rid of Colt so he wouldn't see him attacking everyone. Yeah. That's yeah. really well done. So you kick off a show with uh, your main heel faction firing someone, and then the next week, oh, I've done the exact same thing, really. We didn't know we were going to do this. Yeah, I think this might be here to stay week by week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this sort of gives us more chance to sort of dissect what we're talking about too. Rikishi beats Rick Rude with Heenan in his corner in a lengthy back and forth match. After the match, Rikishi continues to assault Rick Rude with a chair as Heenan calls for the Samoans, but no one comes. Camera backstage shows that a forklift was parked against the locker room door of the Samoans and they are trapped. Rikishi looks at Heenan and simply says, two down. 
Gal Kim versus Beth Phoenix. This is your wrestling match for the evening. It goes for a lengthy amount of time. Gal eventually gets a win with a surprise roll-up. And after the match, Lita attacks Gal and Beth joins in. Lita counts to 10 while standing on top of Gal holding her title. Some would say that's somewhat generic last man standing booking, but I like it. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good. All right, let's get weird. We get a medical update on Macho Man who was recently released from hospital after his match with Edge, where, if you recall, he received multiple concertos. He says he's doing well and recovering, and he's been thinking, thinking, thinking about what to do next. And he has some big things coming for his loyal fans. All we see is a glove on one shoulder and a glove on the other shoulder to say, excuse me, Mr. Savage, we need to go. And that's pretty much that for the time being. So a little bit of intrigue. Main Gene then tells us outsiders have been suspended by the board indefinitely due to the actions against Gorilla. We see the Rock and Roll Express watching the Gorilla attack on a TV backstage. They asked their friend for the past couple of months, Hulk Hogan, for his thoughts on it. But he simply just smirks and walks away. That's a bit different. (laughs) Is it? For what's happened so far. Arn and Tully beat Hayes and Garvin quickly, and after the match, the Rock and Roll Express come out, attack Arn and Tully, but Arn and Tully tuck their tails between their legs and get out of there. Kerry Von Erich beats Devon Dudley clean in a match. Uh, Dudleys end up assaulting the Von Erichs. Sting makes the save. Backstage, we see Warrior talking to his mystery man again. Sting comes backstage, confronts Warrior and asks him, what's going on? Why weren't you there to have my back for that? Warrior screams that he's been in need of advice from his spiritual advisor to make sure they become number one contenders at Uncensored. (laughs) It is then announced that Warrior and Sting will have a match against Gordy and Roberts next week. Uh, Main Gene announces... Here's something that you probably didn't think I was going to do. Uh, announces that a WCW hardcore champion will be crowned at Uncensored in a six-man hardcore gauntlet invitational match. Eddie Guerrero versus Edge is the main event for this week's Nitro lengthy match. Edge focusing on Eddie's bandage back from last week's barbed wire attack from Mankind. Edge eventually wins with the spear. After the match, Austin comes out and starts attacking Edge. But Wyndham comes out and attacks Austin, but accidentally hits Edge. All three men brawl their way up the ramp. Eddie is then left alone in the ring, and Mankind comes out and attacks Eddie. Mankind gets the mic and says how much he loves playing with his best friend, Eddie. He wants to play with him at Uncensored, and he'll be playing hard in the Hardcore Invitational for the Hardcore title. He begs Eddie to accept the invitation as well. Eddie makes a comeback and attacks Mankind with the barbed wire bat. Eddie accepts and leaves Mankind a bloody mess in the ring to end Nitro. Poor Eddie. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed, but um, I've pretty much got Eddie Guerrero wrestling in every single show. I'm working the poor guy to the bone. Poor bugger. <laughs> ah, well, someone's got to. Yeah, exactly. Is the workhorse of my fed. And week two, Roar is War, what do you got? So week two, April 6th, Little Caesars Arena, Detroit, Michigan, USA. Mill Mascaras defeats a local talent. 
and then on the Titan Tron, X-Pac appears from the DX locker room and calls out Mil Mascaras for a light heavyweight showcase match at Backlash. The camera cuts back onto Mascaras, who simply puts his thumb up to accept the challenge. Awesome. There's then a UWF World Tag Team Championship contract signing, Immortal and the Road Warriors. Paul mentions that the numbers will be in the Road Warriors' favour. Yeah, that'll be a good match. We then have China with Iron Mike Tyson in her corner defeats a local talent by a pinfall and calls out Wendy Richter saying the pain won't stop until she gets her one-on-one match. Main event of the evening is the Hart Foundation, Brett and Jim Neidhart defeating Jake the Snake Roberts and the Iron Sheik. Brett, pinned, uh, Brett pins Jake for the victory. Post-match, Brett and Jim are attacked from behind by the Bushwhackers, Jake and Sheik. Sheik said, find a third man to take on these three men at Backlash as we go off the air. Oh, very good. A lot going on. Yeah, building slowly towards the next pay-per-view. That's the aim of the game, I guess. Uh, without further ado, week three, Nitro. Hulk Hogan comes out with a leather strap and explains at the pay-per-view both him and Flair will be tied together with the leather strap. There'll be no DQ, no rules, nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. This is his last shot at the title because if you remember, that's also a stipulation. If either the Rock and Roll Express or Hulk Hogan lose their title matches, they do not get rematches as long as the Horsemen hold the titles. Isn't that what JJ made last month before he was kicked out. Well, m- maybe it was too little too late at that point. Who knows? He says if this is his last shot at the title and he loses, he will make sure Flair feels the power of Hulkamania burning into his flesh for the rest of his career as he takes his weight belt and slaps it into the mat. Very 80s promo here from the Hulkster. Gal Kim and Trish Stratus versus Lita and Beth Phoenix ends with Trish pinning Beth whilst Gal Kim and Lita brawl all over the arena with Gal Kim climbing halfway up the big screen and hitting a crossbody on Lita, standing tall, counting to ten. Bobby Heenan comes out with the Samoans and says he isn't going to wait around for Rikishi to snake attack them and challenges Rikishi to a match at Uncensored. The Wild Samoans versus Rikishi, and he can even find himself a partner if Rikishi even has any friends. Wild Samoans then beat two locals very quickly. The whole time, they're just saying over and over again as they're attacking their opponents, Rikishi, Rikishi. Why? Just letting their um, message be felt. Thing and the Warrior versus Gordy and Roberts. Dudleys try to get involved, but Von Erichs make the save, stop the Dudleys from interfering. Thing gets distracted by the fight going outside with the Dudleys and the Von Erichs. As does the ref, whilst the legal man, Warrior, kicks Buddy Roberts right in the balls with a low blow and an eye poke. And then he hits the gorilla press slam and splash combo for the three count. Gordy is visibly dejected. Sting didn't see Warrior break the rules, but that's 
a bit odd. Barry Windham versus Edge non-title match goes to a no contest when Stone Cold drives his pickup truck to the ring. He jumps off the truck onto both men and attacks both guys and eventually gets stunners on both men. Austin poses with the US title and has a couple of sneaky Steve wises while he's at it. Uh, Eddie Guerrero comes out and says that he's never claimed to be a hardcore wrestler but clearly mankind has a problem with him. He wants to settle it like a man. So he had no choice than to enter himself into the hardcore invitational and uncensored. Mankind comes out with a barbed wire bat and a microphone. He drops the bat at Eddie's feet and says, just do it. Hit me, Eddie. Last week was one of the best nights of my life as I spent an entire night watching the holes in my body ooze blood from the love of my life, my little bat Barbie. Please hit me again, Eddie. Let me have a nice day. Eddie looks confused and just shakes his head and leaves. So mankind's kind of gone off the rails here. <laughs> to say the least. Another Rock and Roll Express locals match. Arn and Tully sneak attack him. They throw Ricky Morton off the stage and hit a spark pile driver on the outside of Robert Gibson. To finish Nitro, Ric Flair comes out for an in-ring promo. He says that he's going to whip Hulk Hogan all over the arena at Uncensored. But the lights go out for like a minute, maybe even two. But when they come back on, we see that Flair's been laid out in the middle of the ring. And he reaches for his world title and he flips it over and we see the gold plate in the middle of the big gold heavyweight title has been spray painted NWO. And that's how we end the show for week three. Ooh, very exciting. Eddie and Mankind's interesting and it's not sort of where I saw Flair going, but I guess we'll... We'll see next week what happens. Due to recent developments in our fantasy, a couple of things have sort of had to get fast-tracked a little bit. Not that, I'm not going to point out specifically what, but yeah, a couple of things have been fast-tracked. Both you can tell me more about off-air once it happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we go to week three, Rory's War, April 13th, United Center, Chicago, Illinois, USA. Notable happenings on this show were China with I Mike Tyson in her corner defeats a local talent by pinfall after Tyson had tripped them behind the referee's back. China then again calls out Wendy Richter. Anoki with Jushin Thunder Liger in his corner defeats a local talent by pinfall. Post-match, both men are attacked by Rowdy Roddy Piper. Piper says he forgot to mention that WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett granted him a WWF World Heavyweight number one contenders match against an opponent of his choosing as compensation for being attacked in February. I'll see you at Backlash, Anoki. Nice. And then closing segment of week three, women's contract signing, Wendy Richter and Jacqueline. Jacqueline is quite and 100% focused on this pay-per-view match the entire time. Wendy says... She'll easily beat Jacqueline. Then she'll have cleaned out this division, but is willing to be a fighting champion and requests WWF Commissioner Jim Barnett make a second chance number one contenders match official, Alundra versus China. Ah, I love that, actually. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, so a bit more set up coming into pay-per-view there as we finish week three. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, let's just get straight into the go-home episodes now. Week 4, WCW Nitro. Ric Flair opens the show. You notice his big gold belt's a lot more shinier than normal. It's quite obvious he spent a long time polishing off the NWO spray paint off there. 
claims that three men attacked him on Nitro last week. He says he has a really good feeling that it was the Outsiders and Hogan. He says that he knows that in another timeline, Hogan used to run around causing havoc with NWO. But if he thinks that that's going to work around here, he's got another thing coming. Hogan comes out and says that if anyone believes Flair, then they are as disillusioned as Flair is. It's obvious that Flair is trying to manipulate the locker room against him and try to get everyone to no longer trust the Hulkster. Flair says, well, if you don't think you have anything to worry about, how about you and the Rock and Roll Express take on me and Arn and Tully tonight in the main event? Hogan accepts. Rikishi squashes a local, then accepts the tag match for Sunday against the Samoans. He promises a big surprise for Bobby and the Samoans. Mean Gene then announces that at Uncensored, we will have a fatal four-way for the number one contendership for the women's title at the following month's pay-per-view. It will be Trish Stratus versus Beth Phoenix versus two mystery opponents. So, fatal four-way. That'll be fun. Sounds good. We then have Bubba Ray versus Kerry Von Erich versus Sting, with Bubba Ray getting the win after Sting laid out Kerry. And Devon behind the ref's back, drags Sting out of the ring. Dudley's hit a what's-up headbutt on Sting. 3D threw a table on Kerry. Kevin comes out for the save, but he gets the 3D through a table. Finally, the warrior comes out and lays out both Dudleys with steel chairs. But he just keeps going. He then wraps a chair around the neck of Devon, but Sting stops and says that he's going way too far as he tries to calm down the warrior. Warrior eventually stops, but he spits on both Dudleys. Sting looks shocked and disappointed in the warrior's actions. Backstage with the Freebirds, and Michael Hayes says the Freebirds haven't been getting the job done lately, but they will get the job done as both Hayes and Gordy will be entering the Hardcore Invitational at Uncensored. But before they continue talking, Mankind attacks both men out of nowhere with his beloved Barbie. He says he looks forward to seeing them on Sunday, and then in a really deranged way, blows a kiss at the camera and says hi Eddie he's just gone absolutely cuckoo it's almost like that US title was his last grip on reality and it's been taken away from him Gal Kim beats a local and begs Lita to come out but Beth Phoenix comes out instead and warns her that she's going to be number one contender after Sunday and Gal better pray that she loses to Lita Gal's about to get into it with Beth Lita attacks Gal from behind attempts to hit a concerto on Gal but Gal gets out of the way. Beth is about to get involved but Trish runs down and hits Stratus faction. Gail hits eight defeat on Lita. Gail poses holding the belt and Trish eyes her down signaling she wants the belt. Mean Gene announces that on Sunday a weird development has happened. The Outsiders will be back and have issued a challenge to the WCW board. What could it be? Find out Sunday. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Eddie Guerrero is interrupted before the match even starts as Mankind attacks Eddie on the entrance ramp. Barry Windham attacks Austin in the ring with his belt. Eventually, Austin fights off Barry and hits a stunner, but turns around into a spear from Edge who poses with the title. The main event for the last Nitro 
Renfro in the build-up to Uncensored, Hulk Hogan in the Rock and Roll Express versus Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Uh, goes to a no contest when, after a little while, the lights go out again. They come back on and everyone in the ring has been laid out except for Hulk Hogan. Everyone has NWO spray painted on their backs and as the lights came back on, we see Hogan holding a can of spray paint and he looks shocked and just drops the can as Nitro ends with the announcers questioning if Hogan is with the NWO. Who's the third man? Yeah, that old <laughs> chestnut. Whose side is he on? <laughs> he didn't ruin that. I'll just quickly just give a rundown before you get into your go-home show. So we've got WCW Uncensored coming up. The matches announced are the hardcore title invitational featuring Hayes, Gordy, Mankind and Eddie. We got the Blade Runners versus Dudleys versus Von Eriks for the number one contendership for the tag titles. We got the Wild Samoans versus Rikishi and a mystery partner. We got the number one contendership for the women's title. Beth versus Trish versus question mark versus question mark and not that one from the NWA. But he's got a karate. <laughs> karate! Oh man, I miss NWA power. Arr, arr, arr. US title, Edge versus Wyndham versus Austin. Tag titles, two out of three falls. Untully versus the Rock and Roll Express. Rock and roll lose. They don't get a title shot as long as the horsemen have the gold. Women's title, Lita versus Gail, last woman standing. World title, yappa pie, strap match, Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Hogan loses. He doesn't get a title shot as long as Flair holds the gold. Enough of the WCW. Go to the go-home show from Raw is War. Yeah, so not really much of note here for week four, April 20th. FedEx, Memphis, Tennessee, USA. With most of the matches already set in place, there's only a couple of quick things of note. China with Iron Mike Tyson in her corner defeats a local talent by pinfall. After Tyson distracted referee, allowing China to use a chair Tyson had placed on the ring step. China calls out Wendy again, then saying a laundry is no match for her. We go into the World Heavyweight Contract Signing, Booker T and Mark Henry. This match seems to mean so much to each man before they sign. After Mark signed and hands the contract to Booker, Booker says, I respect you, Mark, and for there to be no excuse when you lose, Stevie, I need you to stay in the locker room for this one. Stevie seems concerned, but agrees with his brother, and Booker and Mark dare down as we go off the air. I love that. Uh, last thing you see is the build-up to your big title match. Yeah, don't think Roman and Brock tug-of-war. Think more UFC where they're both staring down at one another. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I forgot all about the title tug-of-war. Man, that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just go through my key matches here. So tag team contendership. Briscoe versus Funks, Women's Contendership, China versus Alundra, Men's Contendership, the World Heavyweight, we have Anoki versus Piper, Tag Team Match, we have Immortal versus the Road Warriors for the Championship, Women's Championship, Wendy Richter, the Champion, defending against Jacqueline, and in the main event, Booker T, the World Heavyweight Champion, defending against Mark Henry. No, I love that card. Definitely a bell-to-bell -bell sort of card, that one. That'll be fun. Thank you. I suppose now's the time to go and see what WCW has on Sunday. Uncensored, a night of uh, something? A night of violence. 
Well, we're in Philly. We got to give them a few steps. Pretty much my theory behind it. We're in Philly. We'll go a little bit extreme for them. And we're four shows in, and you're still continuing this WWE trend of taglines. I like the taglines. It's fun. I, I right. like it when it actually makes sense with the like with the show. Like the horror show was a horror show. I guess so. But, like, you'll never see it coming, and, like, there's only, like, one thing we didn't see coming. Speaking of taglines, what what do you have to say about WWE stealing your gold rush phrase? Oh, what for? Uh, WWE, Clash of Champions, gold rush. <laughs> it's one of their worst ones. It kind of makes sense because every title's on the line, but, yeah, they could have been more creative than that. Yeah, well, that's where I got the idea from anyway for... Gold Rush comes from when they crowned the first NXT champion with Dust the Rhodes, baby. Yes, and also on Raw in 2005, they did a Gold Rush tournament. It might have been 06, and that's where we got the infamous uh, Shelton Benjamin springboard into the Sweet Chin music. But I probably shouldn't talk about Shawn Michaels around you. Yeah, he's gone now. <laughs> yeah, he's DX dead. is better off for it. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> anyway. All right, WCW Uncensored, A Night of Violence. JR and Jesse Ventura, welcome us to the Philadelphia Spectrum for Uncensored, A Night of Violence. We go to the entrance way. It's Mean Gene. He plugs the WCW hotline and he then introduces his guests the returning outsiders. Scott Hall says, hey, y'all, you know who we are, but you don't know why we are here. We're here because the WCW has got the message loud and clear. You can't bench the outsiders because we'll just steal the ball and piss all over it. Main Jean says, I have word from the WCW board that they accept your challenge. But what is the challenge? Nash replies, well... They say this is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play? We don't play. We take over. So we decided that we would challenge the WCW board to pick three of their top guys, whoever they want, and we would go get a third man who will fight for it all. Scott Hall then says, It's simple, Scheme Gene. The big man, the medium man, and a mystery man versus three chumps from WCW. If we win, all three of us get a shot at any title, whenever we want, wherever we want. But if by some fluke WCW wins, we're out of here. But until then, we're going to do whatever we want, whenever we want, and it'll be just too sweet. Nash then says, see you at Bash at the Beach. Hall and Nash then sign a contract that Mean Gene presented them for the match and then tell Gene to get out of here. And Hall and Nash then start attacking cameramen, security guards, plants in the crowd, several agents who come out. And they then spray paint in giant letters, NWO on the mat in the ring as they escape through the crowd and leave. And at this point, it's worth noting that for the entire pay-per-view, NWO in giant letters is spray-painted on the ring mat as sort of a, I would say, like a looming presence for what's to come for WCW in the future. 
Yeah, is it like the old WCW ring where it's got the big WCW letters in the center and they've sprayed over it? Yeah, that's exactly what I pictured. Very good touch. Sorry about the lengthy promo, but I sort of of told you that I sort of had to script this one out word for word because there were certain points from, you know, me being a massive WCW mark from this time, there's certain points from there previous promos in the past that I desperately wanted to hit like Kevin Nash not knowing what an adjective is Um, (laughs) I always loved it when Scott Hall would refer to himself as the medium man and Kevin Nash is the big man so chuck that thing in you know all those sort of throwbacks to their promos in there the scheme gene line the you know who we are but you don't know why we're here line That whole promo was like so much fun for me to write. So much so to the point that I'm watching WCW 98 at the moment. (laughs) Whenever I got some free time, I watch some nitros now. Yeah, but let's kick off the action for tonight with the women's title. Last woman standing match between Gail Kim and Lita. Both ladies brawl all over the arena. Gail starts to bleed a little bit after being thrown into a popcorn machine in concessions a la Maven at the Royal Rumble in 02. Except a little bit less comedy than that. More or Uh, less she cuts herself going into the machine like on the metal of the glass. Yeah. Oh, all that wasted popcorn. Yeah, man, it's WCW. We're we're wasting Ted Turner's money here, man. Billionaire Ted. Yeah, exactly. They brawl back into the arena and up near the giant Tron stage, or as I like to call it, the Turner Tron. (laughs) Boo, call it its proper name, boo. It can't be the Titan Tron in WCW. What Um, name was it in WCW? They didn't have a name for it, I don't think. If they didn't call it the Turner Tron, they're idiots. Yeah, so they brawl back into the arena, up near the giant Turnatron stage. Lita tries to run away from Gal Kim by climbing up the Tron. Both women are on top of the Tron, trading punches, with Lita eventually getting the upper hand. And oh my god, she's hit a twist of fate. Onto Gal Kim, off of the Turnatron, through the stage in a Shane McMahon-style stunt. Both women are down, ref gets to nine, but by the, by the time he gets to ten, Lita just gets up. Lita retains in a crazy spot fest to kick off the pay-per-view. Edge comes out and helps Lita to her feet, and they make out and leave. Yeah, kicking things off in a wild fashion there in ring. We then go backstage where Mean Gene is coming out of the WCW boardroom and he announces the WCW has agreed to the terms and was very confident with who they have in mind to take on the NWO next month. They believe it's only fair that they announce only two participants and keep the third one up their sleeves for the time being, since the NWO won't announce their third man just yet. So teaming up next month to take on the NWO will be two of the biggest names in WCW. Current World Heavyweight Champion Ric Flair and Stone Cold Steve Austin. As an extra incentive for all competitors on Team WCW, if they win, all three men will get any match of their choosing at any pay-per-view of their choice, just like the NWO has. Yeah, setting up this big six-man for Bash at the Beach. Sounds good so far. 
the Wild Samoans come out for their match against Rikishi and his mystery partner. Rikishi comes out and out comes Yokozuna. He looks a lot different here. He's pretty much just in black three-quarter length tights with his hair down. He's grown his beard out a little bit. Sort of like how he had it at Heroes of Wrestling of all places. But, like, this isn't, like, 600-pound Yoko. This is Yoko at, like, 500 pounds, and he can still go. Peak um, Yoko. Yeah, this is peak Yoko, except with a bit of a tweak to the gimmick. He looks more animated. He gives Rikishi a big hug at ringside, and they get in the ring. Back and forth, eight-minute match. Finish comes when Heenan tries to get involved, but Rikishi Irish whips Uffa into Heenan, who goes flying. Double super kick from Rikishi and Yoko onto Seeker, and then onto Uffa. They take a Samoan into a corner eight, and they both hit dueling bonsai drop, and Yoko gets the pinfall on Seeker for the win. After the match, Rikishi grabs a mic and says he promised a big surprise, and he brought a 500-pound massive surprise. Yoko gets the mic and says, this is a new era for Yokozuna. No BS, just straight up ass whoopings being dished out from now on. This tag division here is second to none. And now we've got a whole 900 plus pounds bigger because we aren't just too much. We aren't just too cool. We are too thick. And sooner than later, we're eventually going to wrap those tag titles around our waists. Well, maybe just our shoulders. They both throw up the double shucker bras and leave. Uh, I've taken very creative li- liberties here and pretty much given Yoko a whole new gimmick. I love it. Think the Usos except super heavyweights. It's pretty much what I'm going for here. So this is a brand new tag team. Never before seen. Too thick with two C's. So T-H-I double C. So that that was one thing I've been really excited about doing. Yeah, so I was pretty excited to give Yoko a fresh coat of paint, so to speak. He's never really been a proper babyface for a lengthy period of time in a major promotion before, so I thought I'd do that this time around. But the show goes on. we got so much more to get into. We now get a really random clip from MTV Music News. Uh, we have a couple of random music news broadcasters in a news studio. They announced that it is confirmed that a WCW superstar has gone to the rap world. That's right. Macho Man Randy Savage has just finished recording his debut rap album, Be A Man. He has announced that in two weeks, the debut of his first music video, Tear It Up on Monday Nitro. And then Macho Man will go on a world tour starting this week and it ends in two months time at WCW Road Wild live Sturgis South Dakota in front of over 10,000 bikers for the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally Wow. We cut back to the commentary table. Jesse Ventura and JR look absolutely perplexed. Another new thing I'm doing here And if any of our humans out there haven't heard Macho Man Randy Savage's actual album, Be A Man, go out there and have a listen. It is weird. All right, we go to our next match. It is the number one contenders for the tag title match. It is the Blade Runners versus the Dudley Boys versus the Von Erics. 
Uh, the Dudleys, Von Erickson, Sting are all out there, but the Warrior is nowhere to be found. This match has three men in the ring at the same time. Sting is really exhausted after this match has gone for 15 minutes, but finally the Ultimate Warrior comes out and he makes it just in time for the hot tag from Sting. Warrior then takes out both Von Erics. He takes out Bubba Ray and then motions towards the ramp. He keeps yelling, Spirit Spiritual advisor, gift me with your presence. Spiritual advisor, gift me with your presence. The Dudleys start to get the upper hand on Warrior, but the whole time as he's getting punches thrown on him, he keeps chanting, Spiritual advisor, gift me with your presence. And out he comes. It's Mr. Fuji. He whacks his cane over both Von Eriks and throws his signature powder in the eyes of Bubba as Warrior hits the Gorilla Press Slam and Splash for the win as Sting makes it to his feet, looking absolutely confused as to what had just happened. Sting didn't say all those shenanigans because, as I said, he been taking a beating for 15 minutes. Sting reluctantly lets Fuji raise both his and Warrior's hands as they are announced the new number one contenders for the tag team titles. Ooh, that's quite interesting. Some would even say that he is exalted. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I had to get that in there. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I didn't do the stereotypical thing of putting Mr. Fuji with Yokozuna. Instead, we got Mr. Fuji being the spiritual advisor for the ultimate warrior. And Warrior's sort of seemingly being more on the heel side now and Sting sort of still being a somewhat oblivious baby face. It's now time for the WCW tag team title. Best two out of three falls. Rock and Roll Express versus Arn and Tully. 15 minutes of back and forth action lots of amazing technical counters and psychology working over body parts cutting the ring in half all that good stuff Tully has Ricky Morton on his shoulders in electric chair style position but Ricky reverses it into a victory roll for the three and the Rock and Roll Express are up 1-0 in this best two out of three we now see the Rock and Roll Express with the sense of urgency as they just smell the tag titles within their grasp. Robert Gibson runs into the ropes, but Arn hits a spine buster after a further 10 minutes have gone on, and Arn gets a three count to even the score. More back and forth for a further eight minutes or so. Ricky Morton goes for a slingshot crossbody to the outside, but Tully gets out of the way. Ricky lands throat first on the barricade. Arn has Robert Gibson in the pile driver position, and Tully quickly gets up on the top rope. Spike pile driver. Arn and Tully retain the titles. Absolutely clean as a whistle, really. All four men are exhausted. Now the Rock and Roll Express can't challenge for the titles as long as the Horseman's reign continues. Next month, it's going to be Arn and Tully versus the Blade Runners at Bash at the Beach. That was your technical wrestling clinic for the evening between probably the two best technical tag teams of all time there. Yeah, absolutely. Surprised that rock and roll didn't get the win there. Oh man, like it, it honestly could have gone either way. I was really throwing up the result for this one, for that one anyway. 
It's now time for the WCW Hardcore Invitational Six-Man Gauntlet Match. Six men have signed up and have drawn random numbers. There are no rules, falls count anywhere, and after each fall, a new participant will enter until there is one man left, and that man will be the Hardcore Champion. But there's a twist. Starting tomorrow night from Nitro, they'll have to keep their head on a swivel because they have to defend their title 24-7. Well done, well done. I was really reluctant about making it 24-7 because technically the WCW Hardcore title was never really 24-7, but... Still probably has more prestige than the WWE 24-7 title of today. Well, my goal is to actually make a hardcore division that's kind of not a joke. Wish me luck, but hopefully I can get there. I'm sure you will. Out comes Eddie Guerrero, and he is entrant number one. And entrant number two is Michael Hayes. After about three minutes, there's already been chairs, kendo sticks, trash cans. Michael Hayes trying to bring some bad street onto Eddie Guerrero. But Eddie hits the three amigos. First amigo on the mat. Second amigo on a chair. Third amigo on a trash can. He gets a three count, and Michael Hayes is out of here. Out comes Terry Gordy next. Terry hits several suplexes. Lariat is really wailing on Eddie around ringside. Another five or so minutes. Terry goes to powerbomb Eddie through the announce table. But Eddie gets out, suplexes Terry through the announce table for the three count on the outside. Surprisingly, entrant number four is Kevin Von Erich. He's come out limping. He's pulling double duty. He wasn't happy losing that uh, number one contender tag title match earlier the evening. Um, Kevin Von Erich comes out, back and forth. Not a lot of weapons with Eddie and Kevin here this time but they go all the way up the ramp eddie knocks kevin off the stage and hits a crossbody off the stage for the three count eddie's absolutely exhausted he's struggling to stand up he gets back into the ring and out comes entrant number five. Oh no it's mankind man beats eddie up with a trash can with a kendo stick he then pulls out the barbed wire bat hits eddie over the back eddie's bleeding all over the place mankind pours out over the mat a bag of thumbtacks mankind's about to hit the pile driver on the tack but eddie reverses to a back body drop mankind goes into the tacks eddie gets up Hits the frog splash onto Mankind, who's still on top of the tax. Eddie gets a three count. The announcers can't believe it. Mankind can't believe it. And out comes entrant number six, Rick Rude. Not exactly the sort of competitor you expect to see in a hardcore gauntlet. But as Rick Rude comes down the aisle, Mankind jumps Eddie. Beats him up with the barbed wire bat. Double arm DDTs him into the tax. He then motions with his arms for Rick Rude to pin him. Mankind heads up the ramp and watches as Rude pins Eddie. But Eddie kicks out. Mankind looks shocked again. Eddie tries to fight his way back to his feet, but Rick Rude eventually gets the Rude awakening on Eddie, and Eddie's finally out for the count. Your WCW Hardcore Champion, Ravishing Rick Rude, but an amazing effort from Eddie Guerrero. Mankind claps for Rude, but motions to Rude that he owes him one. And then for some weird reason, Mankind copies Rick Rude's hip swivel. Why? Well, 
Because mankind. I just thought that's a funny image, just saying Mick Foley doing the Rick Rude hip swivel. So I'll chuck that in there. Lengthy effort from Eddie there, but there's more title matches to come. And we've got another one coming up next. Not enough time to catch your breath here, folks, but it's fast-paced action. The US title match. Austin versus Edge versus the defending champion, Barry Windham. Lengthy match, hard-hitting, lots of brawling. Very, very hard-hitting strikes from Wyndham and Austin in this one. Uh, we get to the finish, and Austin's about to hit the stunner on Wyndham. But out of nowhere, Ric Flair comes out, whacks Austin over the head with a chair. He yells, you follow my lead next month, redneck. Both Edge and Wyndham are groggy, but on their feet. Flair's about to hit Edge with the chair, but he turns his hips. He hits Wyndham. What the hell? Flair yells at Wyndham. You're fired. Woo! And then he says, we had it all, but you ruined everything. Edge looks confused, but he waits for Flair to leave. He slowly crawls over Wyndham and gets the three count. And new US champion, Edge. Edge is greeted at the entrance ramp by leader. They both make out whilst holding their titles high in the air. It appears that there's only now three horsemen. Very weird. Yeah, that is a bit, bit strange. Yeah, so we got an interesting development there. Barry Windham getting screwed out of his recently won US title. Yeah, he's out of the horsemen. Edge is your US champ. Edge and Lita are a bit of a power couple now, both holding gold at the moment. Oh, yeah, they are too. I didn't even realise that. I feel bad for you because you actually write stuff, like, for the listeners out there. Hoggy, like, takes note of, like, who's in what stable and all that sort of stuff. And then I'm just, like, constantly, like, he's in, he's out. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, be a bit of fun. Yeah, exactly. So, next match... Fatal four-way for the number one contendership for the WCW Women's Championship. Beth Phoenix comes out first, then Trish Stratus. But who else is in this match? The next participant is Victoria. And then the final participant, it's AJ Lee. So a couple of my top supplementary draft picks there. Uh, One overall and three overall. Obviously, these were going to be the first two to show up from that just because of how high I drafted them. It's a 10-minute match with Trish and AJ at times teaming up and at other times, Victoria and Beth teaming up. Victoria clotheslines Trish to the outside and only AJ and Beth are left in the ring. Beth goes for the glam slam, but AJ escapes, shoots off the ropes, locks in the Black Widow submission, and Beth, surprisingly, she taps out. Your new number one contender, AJ Lee. And it'll be AJ Lee versus Lita at the Bash at the Beach. Oh, wow. I didn't expect one of them to be positioned that highly straight off the bat. Ah, uh, the old... Rocket strapping Shovsky there, man. Straight to the moon. Backstage, Mean Gene announces that tomorrow night on Nitro, there'll be a 10-man battle royal. Winner will face the new US champion for the title at Bash at the Beach. He also announces that the board feels like a strange rivalry needs to be settled once and for all. And due to the stipulation requested by Mankind... The board feels like there needs to be a worthy reward. So next month, there will be, at the request of mankind, 
a barbed wire steel cage match. Mankind versus Eddie Guerrero. The steel cage is returning to WCW, but this time the entire top of the cage will be surrounded in barbed wire. We've seen this gimmick a few times. Anything goes inside the cage, winner will be decided by a pinfall or submission. But this time around, whoever wins out of Mankind and Eddie will get a shot at the WCW World Heavyweight title at Road Wild in two months' time because the board feels like there needs to be a worthy reward for this crazy stipulation. I like that. So yes, both these guys lost a hardcore title match earlier in the night, but there is at least a reason for why they're getting the number one contendership match because the board wants to reward whoever comes out in this brutal match. It is main event time. It's a yappa pie strap match for the WCW World Heavyweight title. It's Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. 15 minutes go by. We've pretty much seen these two men whip the crap out of each other with the strap. Flair at one point has done a signature Ric Flair main event title match blade job. His hair is pretty much completely red now. Ric Flair low blows Hogan and sets up for the figure four. But just as he's about to lock it in, we see the outsiders have jumped the barricade. They're taunting Flair. They're mocking Flair and knocking out security. Arn and Tully come out and chase off the outsiders who leave the arena. Flair turns around into a big boot from Hogan. Hogan hits the leg drop, but... Spear from Edge out of nowhere. Edge rolls Flair on top of Hogan for the three count. Leader comes to the ring. Arn and Tully come back to the ring. Flair, Arn, Tully, Edge and Leader all hold their titles above their heads and hold up the four fingers. That's right. Edge has joined the four horsemen to end the pay-per-view. But no! The outsiders have come back, this time with steel chairs. They take out Tully and Arn. Edge and Leader retreat safely. But Flair, who's still a bloody mess, is just way too beat up to retreat in time. The outsiders have Flair cornered. But glass shatters. It's Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Austin runs down the ramp with a chair of his own. Outsiders retreat to ringside. Austin and Flair in the rings stare down with the outsiders on the entrance ramp. Austin flips them off and then hits Flair in the head with the chair and says, Uh-uh! You follow my lead, you son of a bitch! How Austin and Flair gonna get along to fight for WCW's rights at Bash at the Beach. Who will be WCW's third man? Who will be NWO's third man? Tune in to Nitro tomorrow night and find out if we get an answer to our questions. And that ends WCW Uncensored with a whole lot of luck going on. Ooh, boy. Thoughts? Yeah, I didn't expect Edge and Leader to be joining the Horsemen. Yeah, I sort of had this in mind from day dot. Outsiders and Flair and Austin. I have an idea where you're going with this, but I'm not going to say it on air. I, I think it's half obvious where I'm going, right? Whose side is he on? Yeah. So th there's a reason why a third man hasn't been announced for either side. Just saying. Very good. Yeah, personally, like, some of my proudest things in here are we're getting the teasers of some serious gimmick changes here that have never been seen before, especially the Yoko one that's pretty much in full effect. We got the tease of the Macho Man one, 
Uh, we got a bit of a teaser of this Ultimate Warrior heel sort of weird dynamic going on. Spiritual advisor. Yeah, the spiritual advisor of the Ultimate Warrior, Mr. Fuji. Something a bit different. But yeah, I've got plans now. I've, I've got it all figured out. Yeah, and a few neat debuts on this show as well, including the women. Yeah, so pretty much now there's one big name I haven't debuted yet and another free agent pickup I haven't debuted yet and that's it besides like four or five women that's my pay-per-view i now get to sit back relax catch my breath and let you take us to wwf backlash wwf backlash april 29th infinity angie center from atlanta georgia usa no our theme song's not bad street atlanta ga (laughs) they're on the other show i can't give us free promotion (laughs) (laughs) commentary is lord alfred hayes and captain lou albano opening match on sunday night heat is mil mascaras versus x puck with iron mike tyson in his corner this being the light heavyweight showcase match uh x puck issued the challenge to mil mascaras so during the match x puck is holding his own against mil and he goes to position Mill Mascarez on the top rope for a superplex. But Mill fights out and hits a crossbody quickly for the pinfall victory in under 15 minutes. I'm shocked by the result, but yeah, awesome. Yeah, I had it positioned so Tyson was in the opposite corner. X-Pac was setting him up for a superplex and suddenly he got caught top rope crossbody and all of a sudden a victory. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, all the moving parts in the right place to make sense of the finish. Yeah, it's great. As I was mentioning on Raw, Tyson's become involved in a few of China's outcomes, so for him to be out of position here for X-Pac does make sense. Yeah. Commentary states tonight we will see an Australian Rules trios match plus (laughs) defences for the WWF World Tag Team, Women's and World Heavyweight Championships. So we go on to the pay-per-view portion itself. Match number two is the Australian Rules trios match. So Jake the Snake Roberts and the team of the Bushwhackers, Luke Miller and Butch Williams with the Iron Sheik in their corner versus the Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart with a mystery partner who is revealed to be Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, are you familiar with Australian rules matches? I've asked you about it once before and you couldn't explain it to me. So I'm guessing you've done your research since then. Yeah, so it's more well-known in Mexico. There's trio, so you'll either have to get two pinfalls over the non-captains or one pinfall over the captain to end the match. And then I've added a little stipulation here. After each fall, a tag will be made, so there's no rest period. And attacking a down man after a fall is a DQ. So the captains are Jake the Snake Roberts for the team of Jake and the Bushwhackers, and Bret Hart for the team of the Hart Foundation and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, I just really love the gimmick here, actually. It's pretty good. So first four, Jake the Snake Roberts pins Ricky, putting Jake and the Bushwhackers up 1-4 to nil. They tag out, Bret gets back in, then Jake tags in, and the second four comes out of nowhere where Bret snap pins Jake to end the match after the second four as he's pinned the captain. That's the end of the match. So the team of Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Hart Foundation, Brent Jim Neidhard win. No, I love that. Um, 
I really, I really love that stipulation. I can't stress that enough. Um, I might have to wait a little while, but I, I'm going to steal it one day. Third match is the tag team number one contendership for the WWF World Tag Team Championship. The Briscoes, Jack and Gerald versus the Funks, Terry and Dory Jr. A hard-hitting affair, Jack is isolated in his corner for a long time, having his legs worked over by Terry. And Terry tags in, knocks down Gerald on the outside, as Dory puts Jack in the cloverleaf, and he submits, making the Funks, Terry and Dory Jr. the number one contenders. Match number four, China with Iron Mike Tyson in a corner versus Alundra Blaze. Alundra's music plays, but no one appears. Next, China enters. As China's in the ring, she demands for the bell to be rung, and the match starts, and the ref begins to count it. He counts five. Starts keep counting. He gets to nine. Then 10, and China becomes number one contender via countout in under a minute. I was just going to say, that's not a very Chris Thunderhog booking. That's a very fruity, like, heat-seeking sort of booking. Bravo, sir. I actually like that. As China celebrates, commentary mentions that we are now going backstage. Video shows Alundra being taken into the trainer's room holding a bloody towel over her face. More to happen there on Raw in the coming days. Match number five, Antonio Noki with Yushin Fundalaga versus Randy Roddy Piper in a singles match for the number one contendership to the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. This being Roddy's compensation match from when he was attacked during the record ceremony presentation. Anoki is drop-kicking Roddy around. He wears down Roddy and locks in an octopus hold for the submission victory in around 15 minutes. Antonio Anoki becomes number one contender to the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, I didn't see that result coming, to be honest. I thought you might enjoy it, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, I liked it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just I, I thought the other man might have got it. We then go into the video package showing the next pay-per-view. Slowly, a chant of It's Coming Home plays louder and louder as a helicopter is flying over a city skyline. The chants reach its peak as the home of football, Wembley Stadium, is shown. So the next event in your house, May 31st, Wembley Stadium, London, England, across in Europe. Interesting. Featuring the WWF World Tag Team Champion versus the Funks, the Women's Champion versus China, and World Heavyweight Champion versus Antonio Inoki. Oh, I was going to say, it's very interesting. And, and there's one particular person in the free agency pool that I really hope that you get to draw out today, just to add to that show. Commissioner Jim Barnett comes out on stage holding a black velvet bag and says, I'm proud to announce we will be crowning a new champion. Four qualifying matches will take place on Raw over the next four weeks, with all winners advancing in a four-way match in the main event of In Your House to become the first WWF European champion as he removes the championship from the bag and reveals it to the crowd. Didn't see that one coming either, and I probably should have seen it coming from the previous announcement, but yeah. Yeah, that's shocked me. Yeah, good work. Do you know what the chance of um, It's Coming Home has to tie to? Uh, the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, World Cup 66 when England hosted and they won. So I thought, oh, that'd be a nice tie in there for a reveal of Wembley Stadium. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, like I said, there's one person in that free agent pool you need for this show. I Coco hope beware. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. Yes, he is in the free agent pool now, by the way. 
Back to the action. We go through to match number six. It is your tag team championship match. Immortal, J-E-F-F, T and Kurt Angle. The champions defending against the Road Warriors, Animal and Hawk with Precious Paul Ellering in their corner. Matches all Road Warriors. As Jeff has been isolated and is about to be hit by a doomsday device, when a woman from the audience runs in and begins to attack Hawk and Animal, the referee waves off the matches and no contest. Paul Allering has to step in between the woman and Hawk and Animal, while Jeff and Kurt are on the outside. Paul goes to open the ropes, and after she's walked through, she slaps Paul Allering. Jeff gets the mic and says, Hey, listen up, slap nuts. This beautiful woman is the newest member of Immortal. Say hello to Deborah." Now play my music. Play my music, Slappy. And it's announced still WWF World Tag Team Champions Immortal. Love it. Yeah, I've sort of gone very (laughs) non-traditional booking for this card, but I've already set in place my next few cards coming out of this. So I know where this is going and I'm happy with it. Yeah, and like I think we both need to keep in mind from time to time that like in our first episode of this show before the draft i sort of laid out that this whole series of fantasy shows is sort of taking place right in the peak of the attitude era right we've got to get a little bit attitudinal with it which has been like my logic behind my booking and like and also the logic behind like not needing to defend finishes like that like it's the attitude era man Oh, don't worry, I will soon enough. Good man. Match number seven and your co-main event, Wendy Richter, the champion versus Jacqueline for the WWF Women's Championship. This is a fast match. Jacqueline keeps attempting the float over DVT, which is blocked every time. She tries once again, but Wendy counters into a sit-out DDT for the pinfall victory and still WWF Women's Champion, Wendy Richter, in about 15 minutes. Awesome. Uh, I love the good shove you're giving Wendy here because she's one of those great women wrestlers that doesn't get enough credit anymore, so that's awesome. So we go through the main event, match number eight on the card. It is Booker T, the champion, versus Mark Henry for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. It's a strong matchup. Mark is using his size to his advantage, while Booker T is using his speed, being the smaller man. Mark attempts a number of world's strongest slam, but Booker seems to escape everyone. Booker is coming off the top rope, caught into a world's strongest slam, pinfall, one, two, the fans all cheer as Mark is celebrating, but the referee waves it off as Booker's foot was on the rope prior to the free count. Mark seems lost as he's hit Booker with everything at this point. He goes to pick up Booker, but Booker gets an inside cradle. One, two, three, and still WWF World Heavyweight Champion Booker T. Mark is in shock. He's just lost, but gets to his feet, and there's a sign of respect from Mark to Booker before he leaves, and we end the show with Booker celebrating in the ring. Yeah, I like that. Um, what I find interesting is that there's kind of, especially in your main event title picture, there's not really any clear defined baby face or heel, so to speak. Yeah. I actually like that. There's sort of pretty much throughout your whole roster, besides a few exceptions, there's pretty much just shades of gray all over the place, which is very interesting. Yeah. So sort of that way at the moment, but I'm going to be starting to to define a few more characters going forward. Yeah, definitely. Great show. It definitely sounds like one of those wrestling shows that I would I would love to just sit down and watch. So yeah. 
you've done your job there. Yeah, some of those matches, like that opening match, I would really love to see, the Aussie Rules match. Oh, thank you. I suppose from there, we go on to your favourite part of my most dreaded part of the show. Twists. Oh, man. (laughs) Twists and turns and twists. Yeah, it is twisty time. Oh, my God. All right, so you go first today because that's the whole gimmick there. Yeah, read the... Read the card second go first for the twists. Yep. All right. So I really hope you get some of the new twists that are in there so we can get... <laughs> so you can twist. explain it as it pops up. <laughs> yeah, so we can get a bit of the suspense out of the way. I should have taken a photo of everything before I wrote... Before I cut it up and chucked it in so I could tell you exactly how many of what's in there so you got more of a chance of getting whatever. But... What have we got? Ooh. We got a newbie. Opponent picks title slash gimmick. So I'm just going to pull up the sheet. I'm not going to pick a title. Okay. So don't stress about that. Is it like a gimmick match for my next pay-per-view? So it is new title or tournament or gimmick. Opposing commissioner chooses... A new title or tournament or pay-per-view gimmick for you. Example, Hardcore Title, King of the Ring Tournament, or World War Three, or whatever. You have two months to implement this ruling. Okay. So, that's fine. You can sort of carry on with business as usual for next month. But the month after that, WWF presents Brawl for All. Okay. I actually looked at your roster as I was writing that that gimmick card and I was like, you've actually got a lot of legit shooters in there and if you were to actually do a Brawl for All, it would actually be really good. Wait, I've already got that set then. Yeah. I'm just going to tweak something else I already had planned and just tweak it to that. All right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Like I said, you got two months to do it, so that's in fantasy land, that's plenty of time. Yeah. All right. So no injuries, you're not missing anyone. So that's... It's only one each this month, isn't it? Yep, only one each. Not going to let me change this time around. Oh, no. Tuxedo match. All right, so I've got a month to use a tuxedo match. I've got to work in a tuxedo match into my next pay-per-view. How How many matches do you already have announced? Oh, my God. I've got a few already announced. <laughs> oh. uh, got yeah. one, two, three, four, five matches announced already. So you need three more at least on that card. <laughs> there you go. Now you only need two more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just, I've got to figure out who I'm going to get to have a tuxedo match, but it'll be fine. It'll work out. So, nothing too crazy to today with the twists no no one in no one out um it's a couple of gimmicks yeah well i suppose we should um run down our champions before we sign off um do you want to take away first wcw champions yeah so (laughs) we've got a few titles now Um, world heavyweight champion rick flair u.s champion edge tag champions tully and arn we got women's champion leader and we got the hardcore champion, Ravishing Rick Rude. Ooh. Okay. So over in WWF, we have Immortal, J-E-W-F-J-A-R-E-W-T, and Kurt Angle as the tag champs. 
we got Wendy Richter as the women's champ and Booker T is still the world heavyweight champion. And I've got to do a brawl for all. I'm actually half jealous. Like, if you drew that card, I would beg you to let me book a brawl for all. It's probably the one out of all those options that, given the timing, I can place reasonably well. Yeah, I might actually have to fast track something so I can pull off a tuxedo match. So, I had a proposition for you. Ooh. I I don't know how you feel about your broadcast team. I feel like you should take Gorilla Monsoon. And and I don't want you to lose anyone. I will give you Gorilla Monsoon if you give me one chance to draw out of the free agency to get a particular person I want. I've got a 1 in 54 chance of getting the person I want. Um, Um, Let's let fate decide. Heads I agree, tails I don't. All right. Heads, you agree. All right, you've got Gorilla for, for pretty much nothing. <laughs> Just to let me, like, draw out a free agency. I could get some real crap here. Sid Vicious. What the hell did he get in there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that has to get thrown out. That says Jim Ross. Okay, well, that was nice. <laughs> use of your oh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Yeah, redraw. Yeah, I I should have gone through and I, I couldn't find JR the other day when I handpicked him, so all right. Rikishi. <laughs> it's the honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. That's a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. He's cool. Not exactly bad. Not exactly <laughs> uh the particular uh, cornerstone of WCW I was looking for but I think we've got a spot for Honky Tonk Man Fair enough That reminds me, you got out of the woods Mr. Perfect is cleared He can return Mr. Perfect is coming back um, We missed him here at WCW He is an absolute staple of our Television programming. It'll be great to have Mr. Perfect back on board, you know, just putting in 110% and going one week at a time with the boys. You know, it's just about being out there with your mates and giving them a chop out, you know. I'm going delusional here. I'm getting delirious. I'm talking like a generic footy coach now. So now we've just gone completely off the rails. So I reckon it's time to... Tie a little bow on this episode for Fruity's Fantasy Fun Time, the ultimate game show. Yeah, what an episode. I still think Hoggy might win the award this week for best, like, segment at least. Because <laughs> that thing with Tyson and the Shawn Michaels stuff, like, that blew my mind. Yeah, I suppose we'll wait and see what the other listeners see, what they say. Uh, I'm pretty sure... That's going to be universally loved, that angle. And honestly, it really, really took the heat away from what I was setting up (laughs) at exactly the same time because I think yours has done just a smidgen better than mine. So, yeah, you really stole my thunder, uh, pun intended. Yes. So with that being said, we'll speak to you all 
next time if you want to sign off, Alex. I got the hunky tonk man. <laughs> Help me, people. <laughs>